Where will Hall of Fame game stud Josh Jacobs fall to tonight? How will these football guys' players handle the Bears' backfield in this draft? And will one NFC South receiver slip to being a value for one GM trying to win a half million dollars? Follow along with the live draft board tonight as you watch our pick-by-pick -pick analysis while we call the action from the 2022 Football Guys Players' Championship live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour to see who could win a $500,000 grand prize. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all the Balkaholics and Ferelliacs out there. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by my FFPC. Com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Tonight, we have another very special live draft coverage edition of the HSFFOR for you. It's the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour draft tonight. We're going to be covering it for its entirety. Shout out to the chat room right now, whether you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Post any questions you might have in there. Connect with us on Twitter at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, and of course, at J. Farrell Elliott and at FFPC, at KFFSC. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFHour. And you can email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all of them, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback uh, throughout the show tonight for the next roughly two hours or so. Although these guys are pretty fast drafters, so maybe they less than two hours. This is all thanks to the hard work of our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce. Uh, a couple of things right at the top of the show. Maybe Main event going on, Football Guys Players Championship going on. Main event, by the way, in the FFPC and the KFFSC. Check those out, myffpc.com, kffsc.com. Best ball tournament, the Superflex one is getting very, very close to selling out. It'll probably sell out within the next 48 hours would be my best guess. Um, and then, of course, the standard best ball tournament available for you as well as Dynasty Startups, uh, closed 12-team drafts, and much more. That is all at myffpc.com. Let's get into uh, tonight's drafters, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, picking first, we have Frank Imbornoni, uh, John Terry, a guy who put two teams, count them, two teams in the top 10 of last year's Football Guys Players Championship. He's selecting second. A uh, longtime, a uh, couple of, actually, I should say a trio of longtime veterans who won a lot of leagues in the FFPC. Bip Lab Mandel picking third. Vince Staffolino is fourth tonight. Hudson Reeve hitting fifth. You have Dave Beach, another longtime FFPC player, picking sixth. Chris Vincent, former guest of this show, is drafting seventh, along with another former guest of this show, uh, this show Andrew Schellenberg. You know him from the Goat District podcast. He is drafting eighth. Zach Morrow is picking ninth, followed by Eric Rubin, last year's overall pros versus Joe's champ, is picking 10th. Ray Chung, live in Hong Kong, picking 11th tonight. And, of course, the league villain himself, Jason Carney, drafting 12th tonight. Uh, let's get into it right now, ladies and gentlemen, as we have the first round already in the books. 
Uh, Frank Imbornoni takes Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I guess it helped be helpful if I put up the, the draft board so everybody can see what's going on here. Jonathan Taylor to Frank Imbornoni. Uh, then you have John Terry going with Christian McCaffrey. No surprise with those first two picks. Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup there for Biplab Mandel. That's a little interesting. And Vince Staffelino says, thank you very much, sir. And I will take Cooper Cup at four. So he does take Cup there. Austin Eckler at five to Hudson Kern Reeve. Jamar Chase off the board to Dave Beach at six. Najee Harris is going to Chris Vincent as his 107 pick. Stefan Diggs off the board to Andrew Schellenberg at 108. C.D. Lamb uh, is the pick at 109 to Zach Morrow. You have Travis Kelsey falling all the way to the 110. Just looking at the Fantasy Mojo on him. By the way, shout out to Fantasy Mojo. At Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, FantasyMojo.com. Darren Armani, who puts together all the EDP we always cite on the show. Travis Kelsey has an ADP of the 106 in this event. He falls to the 110 tonight. 111, Devontae Adams, the former Packer, the current Raider, goes to Ray Chung uh, in Hong Kong. And then you're looking at Dalvin Cook to Jason Carney here uh, at pick 12. I'm wondering if um, that could be an auto pick here. We might be on a pause. Uh, we will uh, we will find out here shortly. Um, Eric Reeves in the chat room wants to know, uh, and, and I put out this in the FFPC mailer today, is there no uh, live super bracket draft? And as I look at what's available right now in the super flex leagues, uh, super flex, super bracket leagues right now, the super bracket tourney, um, all of them are online right now. Now, I'm not sure if that's because all the lives have filled, but currently we are not doing any more live entries into the super bracket tournament. So if you want more information on that, see if there's going to be a live one added or anything like that. Always always uh, send out to support at myffpc.com. But if you want to play in the Super Bracket, your best bet is to sign up right now and play online. Only 17 spots look like they are left in that right now. Remember, the whole thing, the Super Bracket, is limited to, uh, is a limited to 96 teams overall participating. While we have a pause in the draft, let's bring in the definitive commissioner of fantasy football from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Farrell Elliott, joining us tonight. Farrell, how are we doing? Friday night, live draft. Man, it doesn't get any better than this, right? You know, Valky, live drafts make us happy, don't they? They do. And they make our listeners happy. We, mm. we get a ton of people watching this every year um, mm. that we do this draft. I mean, we, we started with pros versus Joes, I don't know how many years ago. Um, originally, that was on uh, the old Red versus Blue podcast with Scott Atkins and Mike Trent. They would cover the pros versus Joes. Then um, when Dave the Dizzle Gerzak sort of took over co-hosting the HSFF Hour, he basically took it from Red versus Blue and said, okay, we're doing these drafts this year. And we've been doing them ever since. And I can't remember when it happened. I want to say like six or seven years ago, we started doing this live uh, football guys draft in, in early August. And I'd like to say, hey, this is going to be our last live draft we have um, on this show or on this on the FFPC YouTube channel. Remember to uh, like and subscribe, everybody. We appreciate that. Um, but Turp and I will be back at it Monday night at 1030 Eastern to cover another one of his live best ball uh, drafts. So that's going to be very exciting. Then I think that is it for live draft coverage. But right now we're focused on this uh, Football Guys Players Championship draft. Looks like we are unpaused right now and sailing along. The biggest surprise, I, I guess, Farrell, is is uh, of the first round, Travis Kelsey tonight falling to Eric Rubin at the 110. Um, normally has an ADP of the 106. You say four spots, that's not a big deal. But in the first round, four spots is kind of a big deal. And Eric Rubin, as you probably would have been at 110, give me that Travis Kelsey. If you guys don't want him, I'll take him. Yes, I would. And I wonder if Mr. Rubin would have um, 
given the opportunity, I wonder if he would have snapped Mark Andrews on the way back around. Uh, yeah. Now, and that's uh, what we saw with, um, with Chad Schroeder in the last, um, mm-hmm. pros versus Joe's on Tuesday night is, um, and he was drafting, he got him at ADP Travis Kelsey at the one Oh six, but then Mark Andrews was the big faller. Mark Andrews goes at the uh, two Oh seven in that draft and Schroeder started off Kelsey and Andrews in that draft. That was very exciting to see. Um, but Mar- Mark Andrews goes one pick before Eric Rubin could grab him. Ray Chung, making sure that he snares Mark Andrews there. Um, we also have a um, um, a gentleman in the chat right now. If I can find, oh, it's Eric Reeves, and we'll put up his comment right now. Uh, CD Lamb in round one. He thinks that's a little rich. Um, as I look at the ADP for him, he is going at the two hundred two. While that is above ADP, Farrell, I, I think we have to remember that Michael Gallup is going to miss some time. Um, James Washington is going to miss some time. So CD Lamb, the price of poker just went up for him. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him stay in the first round going forward. I sometimes think first round drafters, especially at the end of the draft, are going to say, you know, I, I want this player. I, I don't have a number nine spot anywhere. If I'm going to get him, I got to take him here. And and I think I did that earlier with Devontae Adams this year, drafting him as high as the third pick off the board. If you want that player, that's the player you have to reach for. And no, I don't think it's particularly expensive, especially with the running backs that were still on the board at the ninth pick, and there were only four running backs that had been chosen. There were um, a lot of, yeah, yeah, you're right, four running backs in the first seven picks. And then we're seeing a ton of green uh, in the second round here, everybody loading up on those running backs here in the second. We'll get through it here. Um, air, uh, beg your pardon. Jason Carney taking Derrick Henry with the 201 pick tonight. Mark Andrews at the 202 to Ray Chung. Then you're looking at DeAndre Swift to Eric Rubin. Joe Mixon off the board uh, after that to Zach Morrow. Saquon Barkley going to Andrew Schellenberg to start off uh, his draft. He goes Diggs and Barkley. Javante Williams going to Chris Vincent at the 206 tonight. Alvin Kamara after that to Dave Beach, Aaron Jones, to Hudson Kern-Reed. So he goes running back, running back. Uh, One of three teams so far to go running back, running back. Only one team starts off receiver, receiver. And no surprise, Farrell, it's a Kentucky veteran in Vince Staffolino going Cooper Cup and Mike Evans. He's not a feared of the yellow. He goes yellow, yellow. Kyle Pitts off the board to uh, Biplab Mandel. Debo Samuel, who seems to be settling in at that 211 spot. I see him go there a lot uh, to John Terry and then Leonard Fournette ending the second round here as uh, Frank Bornoni starts off his draft with Jonathan Taylor and Leonard Fournette. Uh, let's get to our first guest of the evening right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he is, I believe, available right now. Let's see if we can get to Nope, he's not available yet. All right. So, Ray. Um, oh, there he is. All right, we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, the pride of Hong Kong. It's Ray Chung joining us. Uh, I would say this evening, but it's morning there for you, Ray. Welcome to the program. It is not actually. I hate to dox my location, but I'm in the U.S. right now. Oh, you are in the U.S. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, that's fine. We say no more. Say no more. Bonky um, does not have the inside scoop on all your moves, Ray, like I do. But I was not going to correct him on the air. And I love <laughs> the start of your draft because, you know, if you are in Hong Kong, you might be shut down. Chinese government would see strength like this and say, "No way, this guy can't have it." So I'm impressed. Definitely say no more, Farrell. um ray when you found out you had the 11 pick um you started probably looking at players you could get there how satisfied were you with the Devontae adams mark andrews start there 
I think I was crushed. I mean, I was expecting to get Kelsey right there, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> One chip away. I would have loved that. Okay. Yeah. That would have been awesome. It didn't work out that way. But still, I mean, it's kind of important, that, you know, whether you are, you know, because you can build, obviously, in this format, tight end premiums. You only have to start two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end. You get the two flexes. But still important to collect these. Um, well, I should ask you, how important is it to collect these high-volume players that are going to get a lot of targets early on in the in this format? That's the name of the game of this uh, format, right? And we look at it, like you said, with um, Armani's page. I mean, uh, we see how important these receivers are, these tight ends are in this format. Um, you know, I, I see uh, 101 with three green picks right there. But mm -hmm. uh, Peter Oberzet wouldn't be happy with me if I did that. <laughs> you wouldn't, probably not. Probably not. It's coming up on your pick here, too. Um, and I think, Ray, it, does the strategy for you drafting, whether it's football guys, best ball, Kentucky, whatever, does the strategy change for you when you're on the ends as opposed to the middle um, so you're not caught it out, out of a run or anything like that, or doesn't it matter to you? Oh, it, it does matter, especially in best ball. Um, I've been on the ends before. You get stuck with, like, Blake Bortles, right, as right. the only quarterback. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean – you just got to take who you want, I guess. Uh, like Farrell said, I mean, he wanted Adams last year at 103. He got him. So Yeah. I'll, um, I'll take a pick here. Just so, yeah, you're uh, on the clock. What are you thinking here, Ray? Adams in the first, Andrews in the second. Who's it going to be in the third? I'm going to take Jalen Waddle. Ooh, Jalen Waddle, receiver out of Miami, goes to Ray Chung at the 311 tonight. Um, it's a little bit earlier uh, than his ADP in this format. Um, you might have been able to get him in the fourth. Why was it important for you to get him here at 311? Oh, I think, uh, you know, addition of Tyreek Hill, and um, that's actually going to take a little bit of pressure off him. He's going to get some more layups, right? And, you know, um, I didn't want to take uh, James Conner, so that was kind of a trap. Oh, okay. And now you're up again as uh, Jason Carney goes Connor and Elliott here. So he starts off with four running backs, Ray. What are you going to do here? Are you going to go with the running back or maybe a different position? No, nah, I'm going to go with George Kittle. There you go. The first team to double up on tight ends tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You've seen him do it live on the air here. Adams and Andrews, Waddle and Kittle. All right. So let's talk about the strategy here. Are you trying to force the tight ends, Ray? Are you trying to push them up the board knowing that you already have Andrews and now you're going to force some people into maybe making some different decisions that they had planned on? Or was Kittle simply the best player for this team for you at this spot? Uh, that is, uh, you know, always a periphery strategy that you can do, especially at the end. I mean, the, the 12 might be trying to push the running backs, right? And I also yeah. thought that Kittle would um, come back to me, which is why I took Waddle first. And then, and you know, um, we had Darren Armani Ray on, on the show the other night, and before he uh, before he drifted off in his uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, soliloquy of nonsense, he talked about the fact that the success at yeah. tight ends uh, historically with two strong tight ends in the beginning of these drafts, uh, is, is a recipe for success. I think you're on your way, brother. Oh, thank you, Phil. One of the other things I should point out, um, in addition to doing the audio engineering tonight, uh, Kamish Bryce is also commissioning this draft, 
And he just informed me that um, Jason Carney, who is in the 12 spot, uh, Bryce has had him in drafts before. He often has his cue set and will just auto pick. So those are, he's there, he's live. He's doing this on purpose, just in case anybody out there is wondering what's going on. Ray, does this change at all in the strategy now that the, that Carney is, is taking four running backs next to you? Or are you still going to stick to your board and draft your team? That'll make it easier for me if I want a running back, right? And I can just wait one extra round, but it's only two picks, so it doesn't really matter that much. Okay. It's not going to affect me too much. Um, Ray, what uh, what has surprised you? So, well, let me ask you this: Did, did you watch the Hall of Fame game last night? Because we we should get into this at some point. I did not. You know, one secret I have, Falky, is that I don't watch any games at all. I just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've told I mean, me this before. <laughs> In Hong Kong, um, I wasn't able to because of the games. I always watch them on replay, but maybe I'll start watching the games this year, you know, yeah, analyzing everyone's bodies and all that, body fat, right? right it was yeah. five years ago, Balky, when I introduced Ray to a name he had never heard before in the annals of football, and he caught up quickly because Ray's a quick study. Because when we, one night we talked about and discovered that Ray had never heard of Bear Bryant. And so we had to we had to dig into that one, and uh, but Ray's football IQ has uh, shot up the boards much like his fantasy football success. And I would say his his fantasy football IQ has really always been really high in my opinion too. Mm -hmm. um, what we have a question now. Bill Nowitzki in the in the chat wants to know if a team has a great schedule right away, who does that help most in the offense? Is it the quarterback that benefits the most, running back, receiver, tight end, or Ray? Is it is it simply? You know, rising tide raises all ships, and everybody is great on that. Do you ever notice anything where where a team has a great schedule right away that one position particularly dominates more than the others? Haven't really looked at it, to be honest with you. I mean, um, I think I think when teams are preparing the off season, they don't prepare just for week one, right? So we can't do that either. Although, if a player pops, we got to look at it from the standpoint of how much is he going to go for on the waiver wire after that. So. Um, do with that what you will, I guess. Um, you follow Ray on Twitter at Chung Knows. You will we see you live in Louisville this year, Ray? Uh, maybe not because I'm like moving house, but I'll definitely be in oh. Vegas this year. Yes, I know. We we will see you in Vegas for sure at Planet Hollywood. Very excited to see that. You're off to a strong start here, my friend. Thanks for popping aboard, offering some insight. We certainly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you uh, either in Louisville or in Las Vegas for sure. In right. Las Vegas. Thank you, Balky. Thank you. All Carl. right, you bet. Ray Chung, right. ladies and gentlemen. Pride to Hong Kong joining us tonight uh, and follow him on Twitter at Chung Knows. Uh, going through the uh, third round here, Travis Etienne off the board uh, to uh, Frank Inborn Noni. Then you're looking at um, uh, Tyreek Hill off the board at the 302 to John Terry. Viplab Mandel then drafts Michael Pittman as his second receiver. We got uh, Keenan Allen going to Vince Staffolino here at the 304. Darren Waller, Las Vegas Raiders tight end, is the first tight end drafted by Hudson Reeve. Nick Chubb to go with Alvin Kamara. Right in the middle to Dave Beach, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle. Big receiver run here in the second half of round three. Higgins goes to Vincent. A.J. Brown goes to Schellenberg. D.J. Moore uh, to Zach Morrow. Mike Williams to Eric Rubin. And you heard Ray Chung. You watched Ray Chung draft Jalen Waddle right here in the air at the 311. James Conner off the board to Jason Carney at the 312. Let's go through the fourth round here. Give us more to talk about. Ezekiel Elliott is the first player chosen in the fourth round. We already said how Jason Carney went with four straight running backs. 
It is Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, James Conner, and now Ezekiel Elliott there. George Kittle to Ray Chung, followed by Cortland Sutton at the 403 to Eric Rubin. Brees Hall is a rookie running back off the board to Zach Morrow, pairing with Joe Mixon in his backfield. Josh Allen off the board at 405 tonight to Andrew Schellenberg. Another big receiver run, second half of the fourth round. Deontay Johnson's the number two receiver drafted by Chris Vincent. Allen Robinson, the second receiver drafted by Dave Beach. Brandon Cooks to Hudson Reeve. And then you have Gabe Davis, which is interesting about this, is Vince Staffolino has now started with four straight receivers. Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and Gabe Davis. Marquise Brown to uh, Bip Lab Mandel. Terry McLaurin off the board to John Terry. And then Dalton Schultz, tight end six tonight, picked with the final uh, selection of round four. Farrell, have you ever done this uh, before where you go – so dominant at a position early on where you take, you know, three tight ends in a row, four running backs in a row, four receivers, maybe five receivers in a row. Have you ever done that in an FFPC league at all? Not four, um, but three. Um, it's it's a it's an impressive strategy. I wonder if Vince Stefano just knew that David Montgomery would be there because that's where Montgomery has fallen in every draft. Um, and, and I, uh, Gabriel Davis there again, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Michael Pittman shooting up to very early in the third round. Um, yeah, Balky, this is, uh, there's a lot of Kentucky feel to this draft. Yeah, there is. There's, there's five, uh, maybe six guys here that have been cornerstones of our league for, for a long, long time. And, uh, Perhaps that's where some of their their love of the receiver comes from. But, you know, uh, this is a good group, and it's going to be really interesting. We talked to Ray. Uh, what do you think Ray is going to do with this next pick? I mean, he never has struck me as a guy who feels like, oh, my goodness, uh, I, I need to get this position here. I need to get this position here. He's always struck me as a guy who who takes um, the, the player – you know, that's the best player on his board, the player that's going to help him so much. Given how the running backs um, are not really being made as a priority in this draft, I mean, how many teams do we have? We got um, uh, Bip Lab Mandel, Vince Staffolino, each with four receivers already, plenty mm -hmm. of teams at three receivers. I almost feel like going receiver, receiver here wouldn't be the worst idea in the world and having four receivers and two two tight ends and figuring out those running backs later. Goes with Amari Cooper here at the, at the 5'11". We'll see what Jason Carney does, but it wouldn't shock me to see uh, to have Ray Chung go another receiver here, Farrell. It wouldn't shock me to see him go uh, Lamar Jackson either. Oh, that could be. I could see I, that. It wouldn't wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't do it, but it, it wouldn't shock me. Boy, our, our team number 12, ah, oh, Mooney, our team number 12 continues with an interesting plan. Very, very fascinating as we're about a third of the way through this and, and we are going to be following Jason Carney's team very closely to see how he cobbles together the receivers and tight ends because right now it is a very it is a very green squad that maybe has the other 11 teams green with envy because nobody has five running backs like Jason Carney does from the 12th spot. We'll take you through the fifth round here. Chris Godwin at the 501 to Frankie Mbornoni. Uh, Cam Akers off the board to uh, John Terry, followed by Rashad Bateman to Bip Lab Mandel. David Montgomery, as Farrell pointed out, to Vince Staffolino. Another big receiver run right in the middle this time. Amon Ross St. Brown to Hudson Reeve. Jerry Judy off the board to Dave Beach, followed by DK Metcalf to Chris Vincent. Elijah Moore goes at the 508 to Andrew Schellenberg. Then you're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster as the third.
third receiver drafted by Zach Morrow. J.K. Dobbins joins DeAndre Swift in the backfield for the Jungle Cats. That's Eric Rubin's team. Amari Cooper and Justin Herbert are the final picks of the fifth round. Go back to that David Montgomery pick as long as we, we touched on this. Farrell, I am really, and Vince Dapolino is a super talented player, way more talented than I am. But I will say this. I'm very nervous to find out he's not only getting special team snaps in practice, um, but he's also working with the scout team in practice. And then we get the report today from some beat writer in Chicago that Khalil Herbert's expected to have a bigger impact on the backfield this year. Now with um, Luke Getze in charge of the offense in, in Chicago, I'm kind of staying away from David Montgomery, too many red flags there. And maybe if they're not crimson red flags, they're definitely <laughs> light red flags there. I, I got some, I got some problems with, with Montgomery this year, or am I just being um, overly sensitive and I shouldn't be worried about that. I think there's a lot to worry about with the Bears. Uh, our beloved Dave Turk, very high on the Bears at most positions this year, with the exception of Montgomery. I had not seen that news, Balky, and, and we'll, we'll, likely, uh, we'll likely see uh, some sort of explanation about that. I think Montgomery is, is a fantastic player. He brings a lot of tools to the field. Uh, I, I like his effort through all four quarters. So it would surprise me if he's not some way involved with an offense that, you know, is substandard and previously. I, I don't see how you can take an element of a player like that and just decide that he's no longer going to be involved. All right. So let's talk about um, uh, Dave Sciotto here, former guest of this show, actually former co-host. He co-hosted this uh, this show with me one week. He wants to know um, – oh, Hit the, hit the, all right, I showed the wrong one. He has a question here from the YouTube chat. Is drafting a bench player in round six a good strategy? And I think it can be a solid strategy. Um, I don't know if I would have done what 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 Jason Carney here is doing with, with all these running backs. But I think if you're drafting a fifth receiver there, I can get on board with that. Um, but, I mean, five five running backs, I don't know. I don't know if I would declare that sound strategy, Dave, and, and certainly not something – I would personally be capable of um, the other pick I wanted to mention here was, um, Oh, Schellenberg, Josh Allen. I'd have to look at the mojo on this Farrell, but it, it certainly seems like a wide majority of people who take Stefan Diggs in the first round are getting Josh Allen either in the third or the fourth. I don't know. Um, like I said, what the stats are on that. I'd be willing to wager. It's a lot of them. Is that something that you would find yourself compelled to do? if you did take Stefan Diggs, say, in the mid to yeah. the first round? That's the only way I would take Josh Allen that early, the only way I would go quarterback that early. But uh, I would say at the at the uh, fifth pick of the fourth round, he got the best value of any of these drafters that we've had um, throughout the pros versus Joes and, and, and these, these drafts. So, yeah, I I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm think that's a fine pick. Uh, we are almost through the sixth round here. Josh Jacobs continues the running back uh, run here for Jason Carney from the 12 spot. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you uh, heard us talk about that pick to Ray Chung. A.J. Dillon off the board to Eric Rubin as his number three running back. Third quarterback comes off the board this round. That's Zach Morrow's Patrick Mahomes, Michael Thomas to Andrew Schellenberg. Then uh, T.J. Hawkinson, tight end seven tonight. Drafted at the uh, 606 to Chris Vincent. Lamar Jackson goes off the board here to Dave Beach, followed by Adam Thielen as the number three receiver drafted by Hudson Kern Reeve. Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
is the second running back to Vincent Staffolino as he took uh, four receivers to start, now focused on the running backs. Antonio Gibson to um, uh, Biplab Mandel, Hunter Renfro to John Terry, Kadarius Toney completing the sixth round here. Kadarius Toney is the second receiver drafted by um, Frank Imbornoni in the one spot. Um, Tony is a little bit early tonight, Farrell. We normally see him, the, the mojo on him is the 708. He goes at the 612. But this is a player that I, I wouldn't, I would never use the, the phrase league winner with Kadarius Tony, but definitely a player if you're getting him at the 708. I think you can draft him a little bit higher if you believe in him because he definitely has the potential to outperform his draft slot. Yeah. And the only way this drafter gets him, I, I just got reminded of something that. Uh, Ray, I, I sent a commentary to Ray, an unsolicited commentary when he was drafting in Kentucky a couple years ago. And uh, so I'm thinking my commentary now would be that uh, I like all the receivers with the exception of Thielen. I like all the receivers in the sixth round that came after Mooney better than I do Mooney. But I, I'll, re I'll recall about two years ago when I sent Ray that suggestion, he sent me back uh, – a note. He said, Farrell, you commissioner of the league and I'll draft my team, which I thought was wonderful. He <laughs> probably said, you probably put that up in the message board right now. It would be good. You have uh, like a Billy Bean art house situation. The lineup <laughs> card is yours, Art. The lineup card is yours. You, you worry about setting up the draft, Farrell. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll draft the team. I like it. Um, a couple other points to, or a couple other players we can talk about this round. The first one I want to talk about is Josh Jacobs. Um, who went at the 601 tonight? What what was going on in that Hall of Fame game last night, Farrell? I mean, you're the Raiders guy. You're the resident Raiders guy. Of this program, mm. the 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 Raiders have an opportunity to sit a lot of their players, which they did last night. I mean, no Devonte Adams, no Derek Carr. Yet Josh Jacobs came out for not one but two series. Yeah. What do we make of that as fantasy players, knowing that the Raiders were putting him in harm's way in the first preseason game of the league this season? Uh, let's let's back up a little bit on that. And I got some texts from my good friend Ronnie Shirley about that. He thought it was a little bit disrespectful from applying Jacobs in that way. I think, first of all, players want to play. Many players will lobby the coaches that says, I want some – some action. I think coaching staffs, more than any position, you want to get contact. You want to get your running backs tackled. You want to get your running backs used to being hit. Um, not like it used to be in the preseason, but there's very little pads and very little hitting that is going on at practice now. So you want to get contact. You got to get, you got to get used to that contact, regain your balance. Young players have to show that they can take some contact, not put the ball on the ground. I think we're going to see a lot of teams that will go into the situation using some of their backs very much like Jacobs was using. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, th I, th I think so, because that's something that you want to see. And I think that's something that if a player was happy that he got the opportunity to. And maybe uh, as we get to the final preseason game, for the Raiders, you won't see Jacobs on the field, but they used all their running backs last night, and uh, they got a good result out of them. They got a deeper unit, perhaps, than they've had in the past few years. I bet they all look good too. I mean, I I, I, I don't know what what type of defensive schemes Jacksonville was running last night, but I thought all of them played pretty well. Uh, Zamir White had that nice 19-yard uh, screen catch, uh, which I he looked yes. pretty impressive on. I thought Drake, the biggest thing with Drake is you just want him to look healthy, right? Considering the injury that he had last year and he looked good as well. Yeah. So yeah, we, we could be looking at um, um, the greatness of the Raiders coming from the backfield this year, 
su supplemented by Derek Carr and Devontae Adams on the perimeter. That might be a little bit of an overstretch, but uh, still fun <laughs> to think about. Uh, 701, Elijah Mitchell to uh, Frank Imbornoni. Dallas Goddard, the eighth tight end selected. It's the first one for John Terry. Kyler Murray goes to Bip Lab Mandel to pair with his Marquise Brown in the fourth round. Tony Pollard, third straight running back drafted by Vince Staffolino. Joe Burrow off the board to Hudson Kern-Reeve. One pick before Dave Beach would have taken him. However, Beach already had Lamar Jackson in the previous round. He goes with Zach Ertz here at the 706 instead. Um, Kareem Hunt to um, the juggernaut of high-stakes fantasy football, Chris Vincent. DeAndre Hopkins to Andrew Schellenberg. That's his number five receiver. Drake London, love the Drake. He goes to uh, Skinner. That's Zach Morrow's team at the 709. Bunch of receivers to end it, too. Christian Kirk to Eric Rubin. Traylon Burks to Ray Chung. And then Sky Moore off the board to the league villain, Jason Carney, who apparently is no longer auto-picking. So he's, he's, he's got the checkers portion of the draft out of the way, Farrell. Now he's playing chess as he goes with Sky Moore with a live pick as opposed to uh, an automated one here. So as we look at the uh, the seventh round, Farrell, um, we, we want to get the 49ers running back right this year. Is Elijah Mitchell the answer at 701? Is that the proper draft capital to be investing in Mitchell to try to get a lot of fantasy uh, statistics out of the starting four, uh, running back for the 49ers? Yes, and I think he's a steal. And, and I've overpaid for this player. And he continues to drop, and I will continue to draft him. The idea that his play is affected by the feet of the quarterback, I think, is nonsense. This is the number one running back that they're going to go with, with a coach that his ambition, even with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, was to run the ball 500 times a year. It'll be more with Lance. And I like Mitchell's explosiveness and what he brings to the field. He has that more than anyone in that backfield. I'm all, I'm all in on Elijah Mitchell. Seventh round is a steal. And that's his number four running back, too, as you uh, as you pointed out for Imbornoni. So he's got a lot of luxuries in that backfield. One other question that came through in the uh, chat right now from, uh, from Bill Nowitzki talking about Darnell Mooney, who was Ray Chung's uh, selection here at the 602. He wants to know, can Mooney get 150 targets? And I think it's a slam dunk that he'll get 150 targets mm -hmm. this year. He had 140 last year, and that was part of the season with a healthy Allen Robinson as well. So I think he hits 150. Everything we've been we've been hearing uh, about him um, in the preseason has been good. But I know, Farrell, you're a little bit nervous about the team as a whole. Does that affect you drafting Darnell Mooney in the sixth round? Well, you know, one effect about targets is that we don't get compensated for those in fantasy football scoring. And as some of the targets that he had last year, questioning the quarterback's accuracy, the quarterback's ability to hit the player down the field. Um, the, the fact that the number two receiver uh, is, is, a, is a veteran that I, that I appreciate a great deal. It's either Pringle or Vellis Jones. Uh, Balky, you're raising questions in the backfield, and you know, frankly, I have some I have some questions about the quarterback's aspect that he'll ever be a passer in the league. I think he's a thrower of the football and not a passer. There's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. I don't think this is one. Uh, Mooney is a Mooney is an ideal um, player to try to make a situation better. But I see lots of guys uh, that that I would rather be in business with. Although based on where he went tonight, uh, you know, like like I said with Ray, I can I can live with it. 
but Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro's a steady Eddie, and Kadarius Tony later in the sixth round with a with a big, big ceiling if things hit in New York. Um, yeah, that that's my idea about Fields and Mooney. Um, we want to uh, get through – well, we already got through the seventh round, so let's go back out to our guest line right now, ladies and gentlemen. Want to bring him in. Seems like just yesterday we had him uh, on the program as a guest. He's here drafting tonight. From the eighth spot, you follow him on Twitter at A.M. Schellenberg. Please welcome into the program. Welcome back onto the program, Andrew Schellenberg. Andrew, welcome back to the program, man. What's up, Balky? What's up, Farrell? How are you guys? Uh, We're doing great. How are you feeling about your draft here eight rounds in, man? Oh, so far, so good. Started the draft on my phone. Uh, Handed the, the steering wheel to my wife. She drove me home. Got a couple of picks in on the phone and obviously switched to the computer now, so. And and so we talked about this, uh, Andrew, earlier um, with the Diggs Allen thing. If you're drafting Diggs in in the first round, do you have to make Josh Allen a priority in the fourth? In your opinion, how you've been handling him when you draft Diggs in the first round this season? Have you are you always trying to pair him with Allen in the fourth? No, not always. I was almost hoping somebody would do my dirty work for me and get him <laughs> off my uh, get him out of my queue. Um, I was looking at. I didn't. I didn't think it was likely, but maybe Waddle gets gets pushed to the fourth. Maybe Brees. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I was definitely looking at George Kittle. Uh, I really had him penciled in there. So uh, seeing Chung grab him at, you know, for a second tight end, didn't throw me for a loop, but, you know, definitely had me uh, hanging my head a little bit. Um, There's a lot of Saquon Barkley, I don't know, for like the last three years now has been a really polarizing player. Why was he worth the risk for you here in the in the mid second? Uh, Like his ceiling upside. uh, That's sort of the, the simple answer there. I think after again, had my eyes on Swift. Um, if it wasn't Swift, I'd probably go uh, – or, or Swift or Barkley, I'd probably go wide receiver there. Uh, but I just thought that, you know, he offers me league-winning upside, and I like to do those here RB or zero RB starts. And I think that he was the uh, the perfect option there. Um, the Andrew, um, with, the, with the Barkley selection in the second round, after that pick where you're like, okay, now I'm freed up. I can load up on receiver. I'll get Josh Allen here if he's available. Is that sort of like your normal approach right. when you draft a running back in the first two rounds of the football? That's guys? right. Yeah. I try, try, try to free myself. Um, at, but actually, I guess I should say, I really, I really debated Kyle Pitts there uh, uh, too. I like to push Pitts. I know I kind of upset Farrell with that when we talked about the revelations draft, but he, he, he was certainly on my, on my list in the second round. Yeah, I think we talked we talked Pitts versus Waller, uh, maybe mm-hmm. after the Revelations draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I put pushed Pitts pretty hard, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I like to, I like to free myself up. I like to get if I go early tight end. At least this year, I've been going feeling pretty good about going naked tight end. I think it's pretty risky, but uh, obviously in this draft, I'll probably be grabbing a couple tight ends. Uh, certainly can't, can't grab one in that uh, rounds ten through twelve range and feel good about it. I got a compliment on you. Compliment you on these wide receivers, man. I that's a fantastic lineup. And when mm-hmm. you get Hopkins back, it gets even better. And Thomas, Thomas is making his progress and going higher in each of these drafts. Congratulations on getting him here. But Rashad Penny in the eighth <sighs> round. If you wait to the eighth round for your second running back, you certainly have one. It has the red carpet rolled out for him in a rushing attack that should feature him with over 250 yeah. carries. Uh, that, that's, there's nobody around him that's going to get that kind of play. That's a great addition. Were you sweating it out there? Was yes. That- I, I've been, I've been, <laughs> snap, I've been snap picking everything. Um, and actually, so sweating, I'll, I'll, I'll use the Andrew terms here. I was sweating out in terms of I didn't want to go running back. 
So I wasn't, I wasn't worried that he was going to get to me necessarily, but once he got to me, um, I, I really had to think long and hard. I was on IUK or Penny there. Um, I really thought about, you know, the Twitter reviews. If I post this draft board, if I'm going to get roasted for, Hey, why the hell aren't you taking running back there? You <laughs> brain. Uh, so, so, so yes, it was, uh, it was, it was Penny for me. Uh, just cause I was worried about getting, you know, I certainly wasn't going to hop on this show if I kept pushing wide receiver. Um, we're going to push you for a pick here. 908. And oh, this, this, this is easy. I'm, I'm going to go back to my wide receiver roots. Um, it's going to be weird. I think we talked about it um, again with the revelations draft. I think I may have done it there too. I think I'm going to go double jets. Um, you know, I, I, I like, I like rookie upside, I think. And again, I've been slightly distracted here, but I think he's the, the biggest uh, value on the board for rookie wide receivers. You know, obviously he was what a top 10 pick. And so I'm going to go for a little bit of upside here in round nine and draft uh, Garrett Wilson. All right. You know what? I was just looking over my teams in Kentucky today. I don't know why. Um, I didn't realize how many shares of Garrett Wilson I have this year. Like <laughs> it was just one, on one of those things where you say, and, and Isaiah Spiller, by the way, in my dynasty leagues, I had no idea I loaded up on Spiller so much, but it is what it is. Um, so that, uh, that's your pick there. Garrett Wilson loading up on the receivers. Let's talk about the receiver you took in the sixth round though, Andrew, because Michael Thomas is a guy who's been climbing, climbing, climbing boards. <sighs> And, and we could see him climb even further as we get closer to the main event with, I mean, he wasn't in, I don't think he participated in, in the, in the scrimmage today for the saints, but you look at what he's been able to do um, in his rehab. He looks really good right now. Yeah, he, he does. And and this is, this is another one where I don't know if inside jokes, the right word, but uh, Dan Williamson was doing the pros versus Joe's on Tuesday. And uh, you know, he had some of the other guys from the goat district, really, really the actual brains behind the goat district, you know, Theo and JD and, you know, they, they, you know, I, I hopped on for a little bit and I was in the, I was in the backstage here, bulky, you know, same, same thing where like, you know, they can see, they can see me if they were looking, but they can't hear me. And I'm screaming, they're debating Elijah Moore versus Michael Thomas. And I start, you know, piling the private chat, go Elijah Moore, go Elijah. I'm going to puke. <laughs> I'm going to puke. If you take Michael Thomas, <laughs> of course they took Michael Thomas. Uh, and look, they got rave reviews to the draft. Um, but, you know, Dan absolutely killed it. Uh, and then I see the next night, uh, I think there was a draft sharks invitational. Of course, mm-hmm. Dan ends up going Michael Thomas and Elijah Moore in that one. So I was feeling a little bit of FOMO, feeling a little bit left out, and it was a great idea. So I thought I'd I'd go ahead and grab them both, Elijah Moore and uh, and Michael Thomas here. And it makes perfect sense, and it could pay off big as we get uh, we you know once we get the season underway. Um, so okay, you also have DeAndre Hopkins here. Obviously, it's important to get to the playoffs uh, in this format so you can make sure that you get to the championship round. But I think for you at that point, already having four receivers was Hopkins more of a luxury yeah, there luxury, that you can extreme luxury. And again, like you know, first six weeks, I, I'm hopeful I don't need him, right? I plan to be playing Diggs, Brown, Moore, and, and Thomas. Um, but you know, it, again, he's he's offering that league winning upside. And if I can get him in round seven there, uh, you, you know, I he's he's a smash every time, um, especially with this build. I love it. Yeah. If I hadn't gone, you know, Josh Allen, I would maybe would have loved to have Kyler too on board, but I would have had to figure out the rounds uh, in order to make that work. Um, but I, I love, I love the idea of being those uh, those Cardinals on the board. When you're looking at uh, you, this this football guys players championship format, do you find yourself um, maybe getting that hero RB early, pounding the receivers? and then targeting those one injury Absolutely. away guys running yeah. backs. Is that sort of like the normal yeah. rubric for you? I know a lot of people follow that and cert- certain people won't, but it sounds like this is a normal standard thing for you. Uh, absolutely. I've been, and, and actually more so I I've made a promise to make some really ugly football guys teams. And I've actually 
felt a little better than, than making them ugly. And I think it's, I think the real trick to me this year has been making those pivots to the, either the quarterback, the tight end or both early. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of kept me honest uh, for, for having more balanced teams than maybe I otherwise uh, was, was promising to make a mess of uh, this off season. <laughs> All right. So as we look at your 10th, 10th uh, round coming up here, you already have your quarterback and Josh Allen, you got your stud running back and Saquon Barkley added Rashad Penny as a good value in the eighth round. It's almost a full round of value that you get Penny there, too. So congratulations on that. It's yeah. been all receivers. I mean, other than that, you're looking at six receivers here, Andrew. And, yeah. and as it comes to you, when, when, does the, when do you flip the switch and you start looking for these high upside, super talented running backs that just need the opportunity? Does it start in the 10th round? I think so. This is about the time. I'm also looking at that tight end queue and, of course, didn't properly prepare. Uh, I've been with <laughs> you guys. So I, I'll probably have to think about that if my guys sniped. Um, Luckily, he wasn't. I literally had one player in the queue. Uh, I'm going Isaiah Spiller. Ah, there um, you go. Yeah. So, so a, a, absolutely, it was, it was high, high, high running, uh, high upside running back. Uh, tried to throw off Skinner off the scent as if he he cares what I'm thinking live on the air. Uh, maybe get him to take a tight end, uh, but he went Naeem Hines, which I also think is a good pick. I probably would have panicked for 30 seconds live on air and then maybe uh, eventually gone Hines. Uh, Found your way to Heinz. Yeah. Right. Well, the Colts are finding their way to Heinz this year, according yeah. to Frank Reich. So um, we will draft Naheem Heinz, according to Frank Reich. And we will uh, draft a hero running backs and palm the receivers, according to Andrew Schellenberg here. See you guys. Congratulations on a uh, first great first half of the draft. We'll follow you. We'll continue to follow you on Twitter at Am Schellenberg and checking you out on the Goat District podcast going forward. Good luck the rest of the way and in all your leagues this year, Andrew. Thanks so nice. much for joining the broadcast. Thanks. Love you both. See you later. Andrew, Andrew Schellenberg, yeah, Andrew. ladies and gentlemen, a guy who, a man after my own heart, by the way, another Florida State fan. Always enjoy having those Florida State fans um, on the program, and Andrew is uh, is another one of those there. Let's get back into it. We'll go through the ninth round here, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Walker to Frank Imbornoni. James Cook, another running back, back-to-back -back rookie running backs here. This one going to John Terry. Chase Edmonds is no longer in the player pool because Bip Lab Mandel took him at the 903. Another rookie running back here. Three out of the first four picks in the ninth round are rookie rushers. Vince Staffolino takes Damian Pierce from Houston. Dawson Cox, another team, has doubled up on tight end. Darren Waller in the third for Hudson Reed. Dawson Knox in the ninth here. Damian Harris off the board to Dave Beach. Cole Komet is uh, joining TJ Hawkinson in the tight end room four the juggernaut of high-stakes fantasy football, Mr. Chris Vincent. Garrett Wilson, you heard Clutch Like Shelly, Andrew Schellenberg make that pick live on the stream here. Rashad White going to Zach Morrow, Tyler Lockett to Eric Rubin, Cordero Patterson to Ray Chunk, and then Tyler Boyd to Jason Carney. I was in a draft the other day, Farrell. I should say the other day. This is um, I could have been my Kentucky main event, that slow draft that I did. And I was looking at – I loaded up on some receivers early, as I like to do in Kentucky – Ended up grabbing Cordero Patterson as my number two running back in like round five or six. And as I was looking for another upside running back to take later on, uh, Tyler Allgaier was still out there. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take him. Did not realize that I locked up the Falcons ground game. Um, total and total total accident to do that. Um, but what do you make of that pairing this year to try to get both those guys on your team? Or are you better off just doing one? No, if you can afford it and it's part of your build, why not? I think that he, I think Allgaier has just as much upside as some of these other rookie running backs in a situation where they uh, may not have as clear a path as uh, to the field. So, yeah, I like that. I like that idea a lot. Uh, we, we've had some people question 
Patterson's ability to produce uh, like he did last year because of his play at the end of the season. We've also had commentary tonight about a soft schedule at the first of the season. You know, uh, uh, Patterson will will bring his best game to start this year. He's not a traditional running back's body, but he, he is a freak of an athlete. I like uh, I like that situation, Paul. Um, what do you make of the situation going on in, in slot one tonight? Frank Imbornoni ends up going with Taylor Fournette, ETN to start. Great start for running backs. Um, but then he also piles on Elijah Mitchell and Ken Walker in round seven and nine. Now he does get Marquez Valdez-Scantling going off the board here in the 10th. Do you mm-hmm. think he should have looked elsewhere um, rather than get – well, I mean, I know what you feel about Mitchell, but specifically right. the Walker pick. Would you have looked elsewhere knowing that you already had those top four guys on the board? I think so, but he probably just could not resist the idea of he might see what I see in Mitchell. And then here at Walker, he probably thought that that maybe this would close it out for him at running back. I think this drafter has a really good idea of what he's doing and what the wide receivers that we'll see come off in the double-digit rounds might be some of my favorites because he certainly lined up some of my favorites at the other position. Mm-hmm. And having Dalton Schultz fall to him here, that was just fantastic. Um, the um, So, yes, I very much like this team. He has Godwin. We know what kind of player Godwin is when he gets back and contributes. We know that Robert Wood's a high-volume catcher. We know that Tony is a guy that can move all over the field. And we know that Marcus Valdez-Scantling is your deep threat to take the top off the offense and use those speed there in Kansas City. So each of his receivers brings a different level of skill uh, to the position. I really like what he's done. And, you know, his running backs, uh, his, his running backs are going to catch a, a lot of passes and, and Walker is, yeah, I, I love this team. Okay. I have no problem with this team. All right. Yeah. And we'll see what happens with the, I mean, he's got some upside. I, I like the floor pick of, of Robert Woods in the eighth. I think that's yes. a nice, nice safe pick to get in the eighth round, given the start that you already have at the other spots. So I like that. And I continue to say Marquez Valdez-Scantling is underrated by drafters. Um, Let's get into another fellow Midwesterner here from Minnesota. We're going to bring him on. You no longer follow him on Twitter at Rainmaker underscore underscore. Rainmaker underscore underscore is gone. It is now all about at underscore Bitcoin. No video for Biplab Mandel tonight, but he's joining us. I hope we can hear him. Biplab, welcome to the program, man. Hey, thanks, guys. How are you doing? We're doing good. We're we're doing good. We're enjoying this because, you know, I always love seeing the drafts that you and John Terry and Hudson Reeve and Chris Vincent and Vince Staffley, like all you guys that I just feel like you just bludgeon each other for 20 rounds. It's happening again tonight. How are, are you coming out of this fight uh, at the three spots so far, Biplab. How do you like your team? Yeah, no, um, it's it's a tough spot because I have John Terry on one side and uh, Vince Stafflin on the other side, and we draft together. We draft against each other. We probably like similar players, right? So, so I was complaining in the chat room how Vince snapped Gabe Davis over there in the fourth round because he he's going in the fifth, but he knew it won't come back. Mm-hmm. with me and John Terry here, you know. So I was pretty pissed about it, but was happy to get Marcus Brown there. But Gabe Davis was my pick there. But I, I feel really good about my team because I think I got the high-end receivers that I like. I, I wasn't expecting Pittman there, but because 
team one went three running backs. He he made it there. So I feel happy about it. Uh, and then I was happy about Devante Smith falling in the eighth round just to stash as a fifth receiver. Uh, so it's all about running backs now. And then, you know, there are pass catching backs like Henderson and Gainwell that I like later. And it was good. They made it back to me. And then, uh, you know, I get a free game with Henderson to see what he does on Thursday night, and and if he blows up, maybe I'll 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 put him in the roster. So so yeah, no, I I feel good. You know, I mean the strategy was pound receivers go go a good tight end uh, stack up, and then you know pound running backs, and if none of them hit, find it find them in waiver by week three. So that's that's kind of what what I have going here. All right, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. You're a Vikings fan, are you not, Bip Lab? Absolutely. You take <laughs> Justin Jefferson when Cooper Cup's still on the board at three. Did the fantasy football maven in you take Justin Jefferson, or did the Vikings fan in you take Jefferson? Um, I think I would say both. You know, I've done now several of these main events, and every time I, I probably have four Jeffersons and zero Coopers, you know, on the, on the main events that I have done. I just like the ceiling of Justin Jefferson this year, uh, you know, and now with Stafford's injury and I don't yes. know what his fitness level would be and that they have added a very talented receiver in Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson, if you follow, you know, every, every couple of times he's put, a dud season he's come back very strong the next season right so so that's where you know i think the minnesota offense will pass more and it will run through jefferson and so um you know i i, I just like him there and he's younger of the two i agree um, with all i agree with all that bip lab and balky and, and bip lab i have a, a question i'll have a statement i think uh gabriel davis that's about as high as he's going to go and he might he might get to that level of performance to justify that draft position. But I I think with Marquise Brown, I think you've got a better chance of, of exceeding uh, the production of some of the guys in the fourth round, what you would normally get out of a fourth round wide receiver. And then a lot of people have shied away from Antonio Gibson. They have uh, Antonio Gibson, we watched in the pros versus Joes, just drop. I don't think it's warranted, um, but Antonio Gibson has not been present in, in most of my builds. Was he was this a player that you were were targeting, or was this just the best guy available? Yeah. So what I'm also noticing because I'm doing these volume drafts is in sixth round and seventh round, you are always getting back some starting running backs, right? And and what I'm observing this this year. So actually, my first choice there still was Clyde, but again, Vince knows he drafts with us. He sniped me right before Clyde. Antonio Gibson was my next choice, and then my third choice was Elijah Mitchell. So they went in that order, you know, and, and the only reason I'm not invested, uh, I, 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 I don't like Mitchell more than Gibson is his health, you know, and, and I don't know if his team believes in him that they drafted a third round running back, which was a surprise for me, right? And then the next one would have been Tony Pollard. So they went uh, right in that order. So, so I was happy with Gibson because I was always planning the Kyler Murray stack and I didn't expect John or Team One who didn't have receivers to draft Kyler Murray uh, there. I know John likes waiting waiting on uh, quarterbacks and then he really likes Jalen Hurts or some of those quarterbacks later. So I knew he wouldn't probably snipe me on Kyler Murray and he didn't have the stack. 
so that 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 worked out well and then you know i wanted to wait but uh in round eight you know my plan was running back and that was going to be chase edmonds but when i saw devante smith there i just took the value on board because i feared john would take him and stack him with or uh, not stack him but just take devante smith there again a player we both like mm -hmm. so i just got my receiver first and came back with the running back so pip lab when when you were talking about potentially grabbing gabe davis here in the fourth round you didn't get the opportunity to because because vince took him you end up going with Marquise Brown. What was the plan going to be at, at quarterback or, or to get a stack had Gabe Davis fallen to you there? I mean, were you were you targeting Marquise Brown in the fifth then? Um, no, you know, I mean, I mean, I would have probably, although it didn't work out here, I would have hoped for the Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman stack, right? But L Lamar Jackson did not come back in this uh, draft, you know. And again, stacking is 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 good to have when you have to win a million dollars but i know you know two years back i had a team finish sixth overall in main events without stack right mm -hmm. so so ultimately the points matter and and so uh you know so stack and i would have figured out maybe jalen hurts and um devante smith would have worked out you know but that's that's what you adjust or take a kirk cousins in the end if nothing worked out the um yes the uh the plan for you seems you seem to be executing it well getting all these uh you know high value high target receivers early you got your elite tight end Kyler Murray's on your roster I mean you're set at a lot of those positions you've really been targeting the running backs um the last few rounds Chase Edmonds getting some love Broward Bravado saying that Edmonds is going to crush his ADP you get him at the 903 you already touched on Daryl Henderson Kenneth Gainwell from Philadelphia is your 11th round pick. It looks like you're on deck. You might be on the clock. I think I might be a little bit behind right now, Bip Lab. But are you looking at, you know, going green again and, and getting another running back here? I, I guess you're kind of drafting against John Terry, too, knowing what he's going to be doing. Yeah, well, I was I was waiting to see what Vince did and didn't want to speak <laughs> in case he's listening. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, I think I'm going to cover one of my running backs here, and I like it that way in that offense. So I'm going uh, Brian Robinson here. Again, a player yeah. John Terry likes. I don't know if he makes it back. And, you know, he's a young rookie upside, and if Gibson doesn't work out, you know, I think it's Brian Robinson. You know, McKissick is the pass-catching back. So I'll go Brian Robinson here. Brian Robinson uh, out of Washington gets you covered with uh, Antonio Gibson. I know you and Farrell were talking about him uh, earlier. BitLab is now the time to buy on Gibson because it sure seems like nobody else, as Farrell pointed out, nobody wants to draft him right now. So you might as well take the value, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and you know, I mean, <laughs> it's all news, right? right. <laughs> the real yeah. game has not happened, and and you know, I mean. Yes, there are concerns, you know, and, and it depends on the investment capital. I, I mean, pre-May, pre he was going, uh, what, in third rounds of drafts, and now he's fallen at sixth. I mean, I would even take Josh Jacobs there and, and figure out things later. You know, I mean, those are starting uh, running backs there. John Terry covered four men. If Brian Robinson was gone, four men was my next pick, you know, oh, just okay. to have... Um, so now I'm on the clock. It was what yeah, I'm you, going. You have a lot of Miami running backs. If you wanted to go somebody with, with Chase Edmonds, I don't think that's very prudent, but you could. Uh, no, you know, I, I am planning. I don't see a running back value here. I want, I feel good about my running back. So what I'm going to do is 
I'm going to take a very high upside rookie that's buzzing right now, and this will make you happy probably, Eric. <laughs> Romeo Doves. Oh, I'm, yeah. him I'm telling you, it was a matter of time before this guy started questioning. rounder. You know what's so great about like um the, it is Packers family night here in Northeast Wisconsin, guys. I don't know. I quite frankly, I don't know if the other 31 NFL teams have this, but family night is when the Packers practice inside Lambeau Field. You have thousands, tens of thousands of Packers fans go to tailgate outside the stadium and then they watch these guys practice so i'm getting my first my first eyes i, I got my screen going on right here um and romeo dobbs has already made a couple of plays tonight so he keeps ascending <laughs> and ascending he keeps making more plays yeah. i was talking with john i was talking with john hansen uh this morning on um uh on sirius xm radio and he said you know because he loves uh dobbs as well but he's like you know at some point this guy is not going to be a value anymore and i'm like we haven't hit that yet, man. It has not happened yet. I love the pick in the 13th round here, Vip Lab of Romeo Dobbs. I love the high upside. I love it. Could, and, and quite frankly, it's it's hard for a pick like this to blow up in your face, given it's the 13th round. Well, you know, I, I, I already have five starting receivers before him. I need him during playoffs. I, I don't need him now. And, you know, what I'm betting on is, is his situation and the quarterback play. There are more talented rookie receivers that I like than Dobbs, but they do not have the situation that he might be in. And, you know, half of my dynasty team probably has Dobbs. Uh, but, you know, I'm very happy that, you know, finally... Uh, he's making plays, and and what what also made me happy is Rogers has given some positive comments. Rogers typically doesn't talk about rookies or or doesn't you know typically pump them up. And and then Christian Watson is hurt, right? So mm -hmm. great situation. He's making plays, and if Ro Rogers keeps trusting him, you know I think uh, he could win teams million dollar this year uh george pickens is someone i like but again you know the situation of dobes is is my tiebreaker there you know i think uh both had very good camps i think george pickens is way more talented and he was hurt or he would have gone way higher in in even the nfl drafts then current reeve says okay if bip lab's going to get some returns <laughs> i'm going to jump aboard too and picks Aaron Rodgers two picks later. You cannot escape the long shadow from uh, Western New York, can you there? Yeah, he, he stacked the wrong packer. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be mad hearing this. <laughs> and he had his choice. He could have gone, he could have gone Dobbs. He went he, he went with Watson instead. So we are investing in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is investing in Dobbs. We love it. We will follow you on Twitter, BipLab. Congrats on a good draft so far. Uh, at Bitcoin on Twitter. Uh, we'll see you out uh, in, in Las Vegas, I'm assuming, and, and enjoy the next uh, month of drafting, man. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Yeah, I was not on video because I'm actually in wedding, uh, attending a wedding in Wyoming this, <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> oh, so the wedding's not going on right now. <laughs> no, it's tomorrow. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have to have a conversation here, Vip Lab, but okay, yep. great. Enjoy Wyoming, and we will see you out west soon enough, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, bye. Vip Lab Mandel, ladies and gentlemen, at underscore Bitcoin on Twitter. Great stuff from uh, 
from Romeo Dobbs. We got our next guest uh, in the green room right now, enjoying some hors d'oeuvres. Before we get to him, I want to go through the 13th round. KJ Osborne to Frank Imbornoni. Deontay Foreman to uh, John Terry. Romeo Dobbs, obviously you heard Bip Lab Mandel take him. George Pickens to Vince Staffolino. Aaron Rodgers to Hudson Reed. Mark Ingram off the board to Dave Beach. Uh, then you're looking at uh, Marlon Mack, who could be the starting running back for Houston this year. And he goes about four rounds after Damian Pierce. Marlon Mack, the uh, selection by Chris Vincent here at the 1307. Noah Fant to Andrew Schellenberg. David Njoku off the board to Zach Morrow. Jarvis Landry to Eric Rubin. Derek Carr, the second quarterback drafted by Ray Chung. And then J.D. McKissick. Uh, the final pick of the 13th round to uh, Jason um, Carney there. Farrell, um, we didn't get a chance to get into the Matthew Stafford discussion too much. Um, how serious is this elbow thing right now? Are you fading guys like, you know, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Allen Robinson because of the Stafford issue? Not particularly, but it is concerning. You're looking at an older quarterback who played a lot of football in his past and has been beaten up, beaten up. And he's always seemed to get up from it. Some injuries that were major injuries, especially his back issues. And now you get something that's hard to understand and hard to shake. An elbow is a difficult thing for a quarterback. And, you know, shoulders and elbows can affect a a lot of uh, velocity, a lot of timing, and, and just be very, very painful. So I might look another way in this draft. I would, I, you know, we love him so much. Uh, it is, I, 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 I must talk about Ray Chung here in the 13th round, and I am surprised that all the teams allowed this to happen. But his stack of Carr and Adams here is just fantastic. That's very good. Very, very good. Um, let's uh, get some insight from our next guest, who you follow on Twitter, at FFJuggernaut, a former guest of the show making his return right now. Chris Vincent. Now, Chris, this is exciting not only to have you on, but it's got to be exciting for you because John Terry and Biplab Mandel both named their teams after you tonight as well. Oh, yeah. Gentlemen, I appreciate the honor. (laughs) (laughs) So drafting drafting from the seven spot here, right in the middle. You can scoop up the value either way. Um, How do you you like your team as we are about two-thirds of the way through it? How's it looking, Chris? I'll give it a 7.2. Um, I've gotten mm-hmm. sniped a couple times or a couple guys I really wanted, but I really like my foundation. The top two running backs, the top three receivers. I love Hawkinson. I feel really good about my tight ends. I think I have two TE1s. And that helps when you're a little bit, you know, not what I wanted at wide receiver, but I'm still happy with it. When you say not what you wanted, was it because you you were either sniped by Beach or, or Schellenberg there? Is that is that why it turned out the way it did? Yeah, I was hoping to get Chase. I was hoping to get somebody different in round three. But, yeah, I got, you know, drafting with all these guys. We all know each other well. We all like the same guys. We talk about the same guys. So when you're – I think your receiver mix – your receiver mix is is very interesting because you've got a good mix of proven veterans, uh, veterans that are in a situation with a new quarterback, and young players with – tremendous ceilings. So I, I really like what you've done here. You might feel you're getting sniped. And I don't know if the running back dead zone is a real thing, but the juggernaut deadpan is a real thing. And I would have to, <laughs> I would have to wonder if, if some of that is, uh, it, it is, is maybe just a little bit too humble because I like this team. Thank you. 
Yeah, I actually um, I on dubs. I, I wish uh, you guys and Hanson would stop talking about them so much because they really <laughs> like dubs. Oh yeah. Actually, I yeah, we got. We, I, I was surprised how much the conversation was dominated this morning on on Romeo Dobbs. But listen, if he's going to ask me about a Packer, you know, I'm going to keep talking my my until everybody's ears are sore about it because I I love my Packers so much. Uh, Chris, I'm um, drafting from the uh, seven spot tonight. What did you make of um uh of this? Uh, well, I guess I, I shouldn't ask you that. Let's talk about the Patriots running backs, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Damian uh, Damian Harris. Uh, what do you? How do, how does that split go? You had the opportunity to take either one of them tonight, and you went with Stevenson over Harris. Damian solid, but I think Ramondre has the upside. You know, he has the, the three-down skill set. James White still limped around. I mean, if uh, if Damian fumbles once, you know, Ramondre could be a top ten back in that offense. As much as they like to run the ball. Um, we also have a question in the uh, chat room right now. Andrew Tate wants to know uh, what color you, your Bugatti is, Chris. <laughs> Or do you Yellow. not want to reveal that because it's 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 uh, it's too personal? Yellow. Yellow. The yellow Bugatti. Yellow. I love it. That's a good color for a Bugatti for sure. Um, TJ Hawkinson in the sixth. You like Cole Komet in the ninth. Is it important for you um, in in this football guys players championship, Chris? Regardless of where you're picking, to try to get two top twelve tight ends given the tight end premium scoring. It's not that important, but. I think there's a tight end dead zone for sure. You know, I like five or six guys a lot, and then there's the dead zone, and there's a couple of guys I think have a lot of upside later in the drafts. But Hawkinson and Komet, I both like quite a bit. I think, you know, Komet is easily going to be the, the number two receiver for the Mind Bears. You are on the clock right now, my friend. Team is looking strong. We'll talk about your quarterback in a little bit. But a couple of tight ends, running back stable is good. Wide receiver stable is deep. What are we thinking here, Chris, at the 15.07? Maybe quarterback, but there's still a handful I like. Mm-hmm. I think so. This running back is going to start getting more buzz. It started last night. Get him before the buzz does. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about cheap shares. Yep. Running backs already on Chris's team. Najee Harris, Javante Williams, uh, first two picks, and then Kareem Hunt, Ramondre Stevenson in the middle. He added Marlon Mack here in the 13th, and he is about to add another piece of green to this rainbow-colored fantasy football juggernaut from the middle of the draft. And it is the rookie out of Georgia, Zamir White, who played pretty well last night. So, Chris, we were talking about the situation with Jacobs playing um, in the Hall of Fame game last night. Farrell said it's it's a little bit overblown, um, but Zamir White, what's his role going to be for the Raiders this year? Well, I think he's a really good receiver, and it, they don't really seem to like Jacobs. I, I agree that I think it was a little bit overblown, but I think he's the number two there for sure. I don't like Kenny and Drake at all. And the fact that they declined uh, Jacobs' fifth-year option I think is really telling. I think, you know, later on in the year, he's, he's the kind of guy that could – you know, take over that backfield. Anything happens to Jacobs and he does go down occasionally. I think he could be money. I think it's a really good offense. Chris, uh, Bipland Mandel chiming in. He wants to know why you passed on Antonio Gibson here in the fifth and then sixth round. I have enough Antonio Gibson and I already <laughs> like my, my running backs. Um, yeah, I was eyeing him. I know he's been falling. If he would have came back to me in seven, I would have grabbed him for sure. But I couldn't pass on Hawkinson in the sixth. I think that was great value. You also have um, – you wait until the 10th round to take a quarterback. You get Trey Lance. And 
Obviously, we know the upside's high there, but we've also heard reports that maybe the Niners are, are a little bit worried about how it's going to go once he is handed the reins and then he gets onto the field facing real defenses. For you, I mean, I look at your team through 15 rounds. You were looking at a quarterback last round. There's still some other guys out there. But why are you confident not only waiting on quarterback but then taking Trey Lance in the 10th this year? There's a bunch out there, but I think Trey has, you know, QB1 upside with his rushing ability and, you know, 49ers offense. But, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of risk there. So I'm looking to get somebody else that I really like. Fairly soon, perhaps. You you talked about, you know, drafting against – Hudson and and John and Bip Lab and Vincent, all these guys, you know, in this in this draft. Um, how does that change your strategy when you look at to see who's in your draft and you see all these guys in it? How does that change your strategy? Are you bumping up your sleepers another round because you know you're gonna have to take them around earlier? Yeah, yeah. I, I was eyeballing dubs in like round 15 that didn't work out for me. But it's funny, our chat that we have has been quiet the past couple of days because nobody wants to show their hand. <laughs> So then, so obviously the smack is going to resume tonight and then this weekend, obviously, after this draft is over with. For sure, yeah. Yeah. All, okay. all the way up, in, up and into Vegas, I'm sure. Um, Wandale Robinson, let's just talk about him very briefly. Um, another rookie as you go rookie, rookie, Robinson in the 14th, White in the 15th. Why do you like Wandale Robinson this year, Chris? I'm getting Tariq Cohen vibes from him. You know, little dude that is lining up all over the formation. You know, they don't really have anything at running back besides, you know, other – after Saquon, I could see him getting carries out of the backfield. I could, I think he could be, you know, a really, really good gadget guy. The fantasy football juggernaut, the juggernaut of high stakes fantasy football, is on deck right now. This will be pick sixteen oh six. I'm looking at your squad here: six running backs, six uh, receivers, two tight ends, a quarterback. Is now the time? To strike on on a backup quarterback here, Chris, are, are you still willing to wait a little bit longer? Where's the depth uh, that you're going to build for this squad here with this pick? There's my boy. Yeah, I like Tua quite a bit this year. One thing I do every year is I look at the receivers that I like, and then I try to you know find quarterbacks that have two, three receivers. And Tyreek and Waddle, it's hard to find you know a better one two than that. And Tua runs around a little bit as well, so. He was good in a points-per-game basis last year. I know there's, there's questions about him, but I think he's pretty solid. Did you consider Winston at all with this pick? Not this pick, but I considered him a couple rounds from now, yeah. He was on my list. Tonga Vailoa joining Trey Lance in the backfield for the fantasy football juggernaut. You follow him on Twitter at FFJuggernaut. And we, I'm sure we, will, we have not heard the last of Chris, uh, Chris Vincent. Uh, this football guys FFPC main event and fantasy football drafting season. Chris, good luck the rest of the way in this league and in all your leagues this year. Good luck in in uh, in everything in all the drafts you'll be doing over the next several weeks. And thanks so much for being a part of our broadcast tonight. My man. pleasure. Thanks, guys. I'll see you in Vegas. You got it, Chris Vincent, ladies and gentlemen, at FF Juggernaut on Twitter. Good stuff there, and and I love I love the the bold the boldness. You know what? I, yeah. I know all these guys. I know what they want me to do. I know what they think I'm going to do. I'm going Trey Lance. I'm going Tua Tunga Vailoa. Two team or two players that you know. Granted, there's a lot of people who believe in both of them, but to get both of them on on your on your squad here as your number one and number two quarterbacks, I love that kind of chutzpah. That was great, Farrell. I think if you believe in one of those quarterbacks, you should believe in both of them, and that's that's true. Successful logic, especially at this point in the draft. 
is what the juggernaut said. He's going to be in a situation where he's going to take um, Tua because of all the tools around him. And that's what I've argued uh, about in all of our quarterback situations. You've got to have skilled players around you. That's going to make or break your game. I'm willing to take a gamble that Tua outplays a 16th round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he makes for like, you know, if, if you're looking for a stack, and, and I'm not saying you should be, but when mm-hmm. you consider where Waddle and um, Tyreek Hill are going, and if you do wait on quarterback, or even if you don't, I mean, Tua Tungavailoa, why not? 15th, 16th round and, and pair him up with uh, with those pass catchers. That that could mm-hmm. be something, especially in best ball. I mean, maybe not so much in, in football, guys, but especially in best ball, I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's get through the 16th round here as it is almost completed, Farrell. Uh, the blue sticker has finally made an appearance on the board, along with the orange one last round with Evan McPherson, the first kicker. But then uh, Jason Carney goes kicker and defense here in the 15th, 16th. Justin Tucker in the 15th. Colts defense is the first defense off the board at the 16.01. Jarek McKinnon to Ray Chung. Gus Edwards from Baltimore goes off the board to Eric Rubin. Trevor Lawrence backing up Patrick Mahomes for Zach Morrow. Uh, Bills defense, the next defense off the board to Andrew Schellenberg. Tua Tungavailoa behind Trey Lance for Chris Vincent's team. You just saw that pick. Dearness Johnson, uh, the uh, – Third string running back for Cleveland is going to be joining uh, Dave Beach's squad from the sixth spot. The Rams, another defense off the board. The third defense off the board here in the 16th round goes to Hudson Kern Reeve. Mac Jones backing up Tom Brady, uh, one Patriots legend replaced by maybe another future Patriots le- legend. I don't know. Uh, Mac Jones here to Staffolino. Sony Michelle off the board to Chris Vincent, or to Chris Vincent, to Vlad Mandel. And then Isaiah Pacheco. To uh, John Terry, K.J. Hamler off the board Mm. as the final pick of the 16th round to Frank M. Bornoni here. Farrell, we saw two backup Chiefs running backs going this round, opposite ends of the draft board, Jarek McKinnon to Ray Chung, and then Isaiah Pacheco uh, to um, John Terry. Which one of those Chiefs running backs do you like more this year? That's a good question. Probably McKinnon. Probably. Uh, Pacheco, I think, is going to be uh, saddled with a lot of the return duties. I think that's his job, and they view that as a job. That's one responsibility with that team. Um, I'm interested here. This might be the cost when we take a look at Ray's team of going early with uh, a receiver or what we would call the zero running back. I think there's some very good receivers. That, that he could have taken a shot at here, 14th, 15th, and 16th, that could help him. And he's stacking up running backs that uh, some things have got to really hit right for those players to contribute. I like all three of them, but things have really got to go right. And then what amazes me about the 16th round, especially with the news that we had out of Denver, is that, that K.J. Hamler is the last pick of the 16th round. Mm-hmm. And our, our team number one is just just walking away with some of the greatest value picks uh, that, that I've seen in drafting in a while. Hamler is uh, in line to have a terrific season. You know, the other thing to keep in mind with Hamler is, you know, if we're all falling all over ourselves to draft Broncos uh, this yeah. year, um, if, and, and I understand he's behind Judy and Sutton, but injuries happen, stuff happens. I mean, to, to get Hamler, and I don't want to call him a handcuff necessarily, but – 
he is a one injury away type guy to, to being a, a pretty significant player in that Denver offense. Now, if the, the, Sutton stays healthy and Judy stays healthy, well, it's tough to get Hamlin in your lineups, but that's not usually the way pro football works, Farrell. Well, yeah, and I we're assuming that they're – to say he's behind those other two receivers assumes that as Denver is in the 21 personnel with both those tight ends. That's another good point, yep. And, and I don't think that's necessarily right. I think they run three wide and, and Hamler is on the field. And I think we'll see that. I think Hamler will be on the field for the 80 85% of the snaps with this team. I don't think he is a uh, – a backup wide receiver. They're going now. Montreal Jones is an ascending rookie uh, that they really like. And after the Patrick injury, Montreal moved into a situation of catching some balls. But Hamler, um, fantastic pick. And uh, speaking of fantastic picks, um, it would go all the way back to the 14th round. It's hard to ever get away at talking about Bip Lab. I like what he's doing yeah. with his 14th and 15th pick. But Alec Pierce is uh, – I will anoint him as my Claypool for this year. And if he were playing in any key media market other than Indianapolis, uh, he would be the darling of, um, of, of all the uh, media and the rookie talk. There's a lot of fine rookie wide receivers. Uh, Pierce is quietly going to provide uh, Matt Ryan with the kind of target that he likes throwing the ball to. I should point out Andrew Schellenberg uh, uh, making us aware that Frank Imbornoni has doubled up on KJ's here. KJ Osborne in the 13th, KJ Hamler in the 16th. KJ with the periods in 13th round. Uh, KJ without the periods, Hamler in the 16th. Same same name, different way of, of doing it. Very interesting stuff. Thank you, Andrew Schellenberg, on that. The other thing that I'll just put this as, as the button on the on the whole KJ Hamler thing. I didn't necessarily understand it, and it's not something I was doing. But how many times, Farrell, just in the last few weeks on this program, have we had high-stakes players talking up Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick? Mm -hmm. And if everybody is very excited about drafting Tim Patrick, you kind of should be even more excited about K.J. Hamler because while Patrick had to deal with Hamler, Hamler's not going to have to deal with Patrick now for for the entire season. So that actually makes Hamler a little bit more uh, interesting. Um, I forgot to bring this up when BipLab was on too, but over the I looked at the mojo. Over the last three days in the Football Guys Players' Championship, the highest that Romeo Dobbs went was the 1304. Biplab took him at the 1303 tonight. So congratulations, Biplab Mandel, setting the ADP. Bitcoin yeah. sets the ADP. Right, um, 17th round here. Let's get through it. Van Jefferson off the board to Frank Imbornoni. Eno Benjamin, backup running back in Arizona to John Terry. The 49ers defense, the fourth defense and special team selected tonight. Uh, they go to Biplab Mandel, followed by Daniel Carson. Boy, he looked good last night in that Hall of Fame game. Uh, he's the number three kicker off the board to Vincent Staffolino. Robbie Anderson and Sammy Watkins, who about 15 minutes ago scored a touchdown on family night for Green Bay. Robbie Anderson to Hudson Kern-Reeves. Sammy Watkins going to Dave Beach. Taysom Hill, the third tight end selected by Chris Vincent. He gets him to go along with Cole Komet and TJ Hawkinson. A couple of kickers here. Harrison Butker to Andrew Schellenberg. Tyler Bass to uh, Zach Morrow. Then you're looking at Justin Fields quarterback to Eric Rubin to back up Jalen Hurts, and then a pair of receivers end the 17th round. Corey Davis to Ray Chung, Jamison Crowder to uh, uh, Jason Carney at this 17-12 tonight. Farrell, talking about the Jets receivers, how do you kind of look at that this year? Because obviously Elijah Moore is going the highest. He goes in the fifth round tonight. We heard the pick live on air by Andrew Schellenberg taking Garrett Wilson the ninth. 
is Corey Davis, given you know the contract they signed him to, given that he cut some weight this offseason, look like he's in really good shape. Is that just a, a fluff thing and we shouldn't be concerning ourselves with Corey Davis as anything more than a late round dart throw? Exactly. And it, it's a very conservative dart throw at that point. Uh, Corey Davis is a good veteran player that in this offense catches uh, 50 balls, five or six touchdowns. That's a very, very big successful season for him. That's a very successful season uh, for Garrett Wilson. If you can combine those statistics and put them uh, in 80% of one receiver and 20% of the other, um, then you would really, really have something. And that, uh, but Davis, uh, Davis Wilson, um, the fact that Elijah Moore is the number one locked on target, uh, you told me that you think Zach Wilson has 25 touchdowns in him this year in an earlier broadcast, and that would be a huge increase. But I think he could get there uh, with this team, but they're going to have to play much more aggressively um, last year uh, on defense than they did uh, last year to put the, this quarterback in situations where he can he can be successful with some down and distances. This is a, not a team – it's going to be successful if they've got to go 80, 85 yards to score the ball. This is a defensive team that's got to reward the offense. And there were many times they didn't do that last year. And you consider who the head coach is, and that makes it a head scratcher. It's going to be a better team, better quarterback, but it's just it's just not – this team does not play in the AFC West. It's right. not part of the shootouts. It's not. It's a different world. A um, couple of things to clean up here. Number one, uh, BipLab saying that the 1304 pick for Romeo Dobbs in the last three days, he thinks that was him too. So he was already <laughs> on that. So he basically broke his own record. He leapfrogged himself on that there. And uh, the Alec Pierce selection in the 14th round, I don't think I'm making this up, although I could be. I believe in some of the conversations I had with Dizzle in the, before the NFL draft, before we knew where Alec Pierce was going to end up, um, he actually liked Alec Pierce quite a bit this year coming into the NFL draft. And then as um, uh, Broward Bravado pointing out in the uh, YouTube chat right now, Pierce is going to be money in red zone work. So there's a lot of people out there that like Alec Pierce. You know, oftentimes it's very difficult to find sleeper receivers when you get to this point in the draft. But I think Alec Pierce could be a good one this year, too. Um, we will be following that situation in Indianapolis with uh, Matt Ryan slinging the ball around there. Uh, this year at Lucas Oil. In the 18th round, ladies and gentlemen, Paris Campbell is the first selection to Jason Carney at the 1801. Matt Gay, the kicker, is going to go to Ray Chung here. A bunch of defenses then off the board. You're looking at Tampa Bay as the fifth defense, the first one for Eric Rubin. Denver's defense goes to Zach Morrill. Greg Dulcich here, the third tight end drafted by Andrew Schellenberg, waiting on tight end, Noah Fant, Higby, and now Greg Dulcich all in the last uh, five rounds here. Uh, the Chargers defense to Chris Vincent. The Dallas Cowboys to Dave Beach. Kenyon Drake off the board is the third Raiders running back selected tonight to Hudson Reed. Tyler Batty out of Baltimore is going to go to Vince Staffolino here. Um, Brandon McManus, seventh kicker uh, to be selected, going to Biplab Mandel. The Saints defense then to John Terry and winding things up. It is indeed Jeff Wilson. Gordon the from the 49ers to Frank Imbornoni at the uh the 1812 here. Uh the 1812 overture of uh, backup 49ers running backs will be Jeff Wilson. A lot of um uh defenses going this round. Farrell, what sort of your rubric? What do you follow as far as drafting defenses and kickers in the football guys players championship? At what round do you sort of 
switch your brain off from the, the skill positions and go to kickers and defenses? Well, you know, this board would challenge me to start thinking about it earlier, but it, the rules such that they are, I go usually kicker in the 19th and defense in the 20th. Mm, I believe okay. that uh, there are so many position players that I absolutely love uh, that, that it's hard for me to turn my back on them. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Carlson fan uh, that, that went to V staff, correct? Um, I, I wonder with an improved offense, if he will have uh, as many of the, um, as many of the long field goals that he had uh, last year, because I think that uh, the the defense uh, for the Raiders uh, has improved as well, and they're going to play a game of field position. Sometimes as the Raiders, this is as close as we can get as third and fifteen. Let's cha- you know, let's send out Carlson and try to get some points out of this. Both coaches were willing to take that risk. I wonder if he'll have as many long field goals this year as he has last year, but he's a gloriously talented kicker. Very talented and just got locked up, right? Then they just signed him into an extension. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. Word. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's get through the uh, 19th round here. The Packers defense going to Frank Inbornoni. They're the 10th defense selected tonight. Matt Prater going to John Terry. Marvin Jones to Bip Lab Mandel. Patriots defense to Vince Staffolino. Then Logan Thomas is the selection here at the 1905 to Hudson Reeve. The Eagles defense doubling up on defenses is Dave Beach. He goes to the Cowboys in the 18th. He gets the Eagles in the 19th. David Bell, the rookie receiver, going to Chris Vincent, followed by the currently team less. Will Will Fuller here to Andrew Schellenberg. Jonu Smith, third tight end selected by Zach Morrow. Snoop Connor, Odell Beckham, and Rob Gronkowski. So the last two picks of the uh, of the 19th round. Currently not with any teams right now, Beckham and Gronk. And it seems like Gronk is, is going to stay away. But I guess if you're going for $500,000, Farrell, and if you don't like anybody else on the board, why not go with the Hall of Famer that nobody really seems to think is totally done? <laughs> no one does except uh, for maybe rob gronkowski yeah it's it's rob uh, <laughs> his agent doesn't believe it his girlfriend doesn't believe it you know it's, no one believes what did we talk about during pros versus joe's what you foresee happening with odell beckham this year when does he get signed who signs him i mean is it is it the rams we mentioned it and i think he's a ram however okay. uh in in his in his case when he does prove he's healthy there could be obvious different choices. I don't know if he can find a better choice than the Rams and the health of the, the quarterback may determine that. So, uh, you know, he is, he is truly a mercenary free agent for another Super Bowl ring. So good for him. He's found himself to be in a very good situation after escaping the Browns. Um, Andrew Schellenberg escaped the tight end position for the first 12 rounds here, Farrell. Mm-hmm. He gets Noah Fant in the 13th, Tyler Higby in the 14th, Greg Dulcich in the 18th. If you are going to wait on tight end um, the way that Schellenberg did here, how would you grade his performance of what he ended up getting in this stable at that position? Noah Fant's waiting for a quarterback. Higby is making sure his knees are right. And, and his quarterback is, shoulders, right? <laughs> and and, and Dulich is in a situation where he's got some back pain, and they don't like rookie tight ends or rookies of any time talking about back pain. However, based on what he paid for these players, he's got a great potential return. Uh, I would have probably uh, taken a shot at uh, Bellinger, uh, who's the, the heir apparent to the job. 
there in, with the New York Giants. I think that's uh, as much as I like Vilich in his, in his situation, uh, he, he probably needs a steady Eddie to catch some balls. Uh, but, um, yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with those three tight ends. He did wait a long time. He got some good ones. Uh, the biggest upside, I think, comes in the rookie if you can get him healthy. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's get through the uh, the final round here. Uh, Kyle Rudolph to uh, Jason Carney. The Dolphins' defense to Ray Chung. Rodrigo Blankenship to Eric Rubin. Trey Sermon and Pierre Strong. Trey Sermon to Zach Morrow. And then Pierre Strong, uh, Andrew Schellenberg's final selection tonight. The kickers here are coming off the board. Nick Folk and Ryan Suckup to Vincent and Beach, respectively. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I really like as a 20th round pick. Hudson Reeve gets him here. Congratulations. Absolutely, absolutely. John Bates uh, to Vince Staffolino. Jameis Winston backing up Kyler Murray for Bip Lab Mandel. Rex Burkhead, and then, of course, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Rex Burkhead going to John Terry. Mr. Irrelevant is Greg Joseph, and he goes to Frank Imbornoni. All right, that is going to do it here for this draft. Andrew Schellenberg already commenting uh, in the YouTube chat right now that uh, Team 8 probably won, but it may be too early to tell. Andrew Schellenberg, of course, drafting in the 8 spot tonight. Uh, <laughs> Self-confidence is a blessing, and we certainly appreciate uh, the uh, whatever the opposite of self-deprecation is. We love <laughs> Andrew Schellenberg on the program tonight. Um, so I, I think the biggest takeaway here, Farrell, and we touched on it at the at the top, you know, all this this looked like a Kentucky draft for about the first four or five, maybe six rounds with all those receivers. And these are very talented players, guys who have won a lot of football guys leagues, guys who have won a lot of FFPC leagues um, that are seeing the value of drafting these high target players right away, figuring out running back later, figuring out tight end later in, 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 in you know, the sense of cert some certain teams in this draft. But receiver, I think, was the story tonight. Mm hmm. And I look at I look at the five cornerstones that we have that that we share FFPC and KFFSC drafting. Uh, it's amazing these names of how many times I've put these names on trophies and mm -hmm. handed them out. Uh, these are significant winners who consistently challenge. Uh, I tend to think that if I'm building a team uh, in this format, that I want to get a couple of running backs or, or a high end as, as the juggernaut said, uh, uh, that there is a dead zone for tight ends and in this format. And I want, I'd like to get one of them because I really believe in a lot of wide receivers in this draft. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talk, talking about the young guys, talking about the guys that are available uh, eighth, ninth on into the double digit rounds. But there's so many teams in the build and the construction of these teams that I am, I'm very impressed with, and this would be a, a league that I would very much want to keep my eyes on because as crafty as drafters as these guys are, they're also very good on the waiver wire. Yes, and it, it would be uh, it would be fascinating to watch uh, some of these moves as we watch running backs, perhaps some tight ends. There, there's some undrafted players here, uh, names we've dropped, some we haven't, all of which could. Uh, have a, have a great deal of value uh, to these players uh, in in September. Uh, Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for all of your live uh, draft coverage so far this season. I believe you can wash your hands of it. You are done. No more for you. However, we will be back next week at 10, 9 central. Remind the folks, kffsc.com. The main event is what you want to be playing in. 
in the 20th annual KFFSC, a banner year for Kentucky, Farrell. The 20th annual, and it is a banner day for me. Uh, the developers uh, surprised us uh, with an early delivery, never too early, but never too late, mm-hmm. of a fresh new landing page, which will direct you around the uh, website at kffsc.com. We'd love to have you to come if you can't make it to Kentucky Live, which is August 26th through the 28th, we would love to have you play um, um, on uh, online. Uh, we have online drafts as well as uh, fast drafts online uh, forming throughout the month of August. Uh, Daniel Osario and his friend Nico and one other compadre are making their way uh, uh, for a full Saturday of drafting. I think their plane arrives, Balky, at 5 a.m. You're going to get up and go to the airport with me and greet them because we got to we got to get the Californians into uh, into Kentucky for more drafting. So we'll, it's just, we'll have coffee in one hand and Woodford Reserve in the other. For the feed the, the, the feedback and the response to guys that have guested on the show and and, and visit us has been been so enjoyable for me, and I uh, I look forward to meeting them all, especially. Uh, this crew, Nino, uh, Nino coming in from uh, Nico coming in from Texas, and uh, the, the other two fellows coming in from California. You want to draft in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event? Your next opportunity to do so live is the Bull Rush Division, which is going off at nine o'clock Eastern Time Sunday night. But you got a ton of drafts. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun this year for Kentucky. Um, obviously, Cincinnati's filling up, Louisville's filling up. There's a lot of red on the board. Uh, for how many spots are available in Louisville. So if you're going to be drafting live, make sure you're doing that sooner rather than later. We uh, will continue to check out the KFFSC and all the offerings there at kffsc.com. Farrell, be good, man. We will talk to you again at our normal time, 10, 9 central, next Friday, dude. Thank you, Eric. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. You follow on Twitter at at J. Farrell Elliott and, of course, at KFFSC on Twitter. As far as the draft board goes, ladies and gentlemen, We'll get those up um, probably uh, within the hour or so, uh, right around there. Um, we'll get the draft boards up on Twitter, Facebook, and the FFPC message boards as well. So you can take a look at that and um, you know offer your insight and your reaction to, again, some of the best high-stakes drafters out there were participating in this draft tonight. They're not ashamed. They're not afraid to put themselves out there. They did it tonight. Pick it apart. Praise them. Whatever you want to do, that will be available then. I want to thank tonight's guests, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Chung, Andrew Schellenberg, BitLab Mandel, and, of course, Chris Vincent for popping on. want to thank the FFPC, Farrell Elliott, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and most of all, all of you viewers tuning in tonight or listening later on. Uh, let, like I said, 10, 9, or watching later on. I guess you can watch the, the, the replay of the stream as well, as I know, according to the numbers, many of you do. We are back at our normal time, 10, 9 central. Five-time FFPC main event champ and pros versus Joe's competitor, Michael Nazarek, better known as the Fantasy Football Mastermind at uh, ffmastermind.com is where you can find him. He's going to be our guest. We're going to talk pros versus Joe's and how he's been so successful in the main event over the last uh, decade plus. Uh, It's really, uh, really a good tale that he will be able to tell us next Friday night. If you want to participate in the main event, the slow drafts are off and running one week from today. You can start drafting live. Remember, $1 $1 million grand prize this year. It is an industry record. Never has anybody ever offered a uh, $1 million grand prize in season-long fantasy football except for the FFPC this year. Multiple football guys drafts filling every day if you want to take your shot at a $500,000 grand prize. Uh, 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament is going strong, as is the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. That one just 35 bucks to enter to win $10,000. That one's going to fill 
Only a couple of hundred spots left in that. So make sure you're getting in sooner rather than later. Dynasty startups available throughout the uh, remainder of this month for sure. And of course, uh, closed, uh, slow, live, sit and go best ball teams available at myffpc.com. Check out the FFPC, myffpc.com. Check out the KFFSC, kffsc.com. Thanks for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. And one other thing I should mention, too, before we... Uh... Before we sign off for the night, ladies and gentlemen, um, we uh, did do not have a competitor in this league uh, from last year. He was actually the runner-up in this league, and I, I know we gave—I think we gave him a shout-out in February, uh, but we'll give him a shout-out again tonight. Wayne Ferguson, pound for pound. Many of you know. Many of you watched him uh, draft in this league last year. Um, he passed on actually in February, and and uh, is not going to be. Uh, with us drafting at the FFPC live in Vegas or online anymore. And certainly one of my favorite guys to see in the draft rooms, um, really talented drafter, really good guy, family man um, was in the military as well. So we thank him for his service thoughts and prayers continue to go out to his family. We miss you big Ferg. Uh, we definitely missed you tonight. Would have loved to see you in the draft. Um, but uh, we appreciate everything uh, that you've given the FFPC and everything you've given your country and your family as well. So thanks so much. Rest in peace, Wayne Ferguson. Thanks uh, for watching, everybody, and have a great night.